0: That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campbell Duffy.
2: Sean, it's so great to be back on our podcast at the kitchen table and today we have a great guest we're going to be joined by the founder of climatedepot.com. he's also the author of an awesome new book called the great reset global elites and the permanent lockdown mark morano he's the person i love the most talking about the climate agenda when we do fox and friends and i was just so thrilled that he agreed to come to our kitchen table so with no further ado Mark Morano, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Sean. Happy to be here today. Appreciate it.
2: So you have been on the climate beat and on so much of the fraud and hoaxes around it for so long. I'm going to start with just the latest thing that we've heard, just because it's in the news. Get your reaction and, and then you can maybe expand a little bit into what you're talking about specifically in your book. So, the uh, comms director, the comms undersecretary, I should say, for the UN, her name is Melissa Fleming. She was caught on, um, you know, I-, I can't say it's a hot mic. She was at a at an event. <laughs> she Sometimes they reveal themselves, right? And she told the truth, which is that the UN is partnering with Google to censor um, basically the algorithms that we get when we want to find out information and the science behind all of this global climate um, policies, um, all the studies. And what was interesting was um, that she admitted that they're partnering with Google to do that. But she says that, you know, we need the tech companies to really jump in because, as she said, it wasn't enough to to censor climate change deniers. But even anyone who says, well, I, I admit, I, I concede that the, the world is warming, but, not, you know, maybe I don't think the policies that are being, being proposed are good. She said, that's not good enough. We need more.
3: Mark? Yes. I mean, what, this was a very revealing moment. This was the United Nations version of Anthony Fauci's I am the science. I represent the science. And what this is at its core is a appeal to authority. And what they want to get rid of is any debate, any dissent. And she's actually telling you that not only philosophically, they actually believe that they own this science, that this is their intellectual baby, that no one's allowed to challenge it. No one's allowed to criticize it in any way, shape or form. And if you do, they partnered with the most powerful media entity probably in the history of our planet, Google Enterprises, to suppress Crush you, silence, censor, and cancel you How, if you dare say anything. And she's not just talking about you know some 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 bloke with a website. She's talking about silencing scientists, which we've seen. She's talking about you know uh, where scientists can't even get their words out. We saw this in COVID as well, Rachel, with the the yes, we Where any scientists, and these were Nobel Prize-winning scientists from Stanford and Harvard canceled immediately. They were uninvited to scientific conferences if they didn't support lockdowns. Same thing happens in the climate debate. So what the UN is saying is, you go along with us or we will crush you with Google and you won't exist, you won't have a voice. This is a very serious issue. Just as a quick aside, the United Nations Climate Panel started in 1988. It's a self-serving lobbying organization, Rachel. In other words, if it fails to find that carbon dioxide is driving a climate crisis, it fails to have a reason to have meetings. This year's in Egypt. I'm going, Joe Biden's going as well. They, they fail to have meetings at all these exotic locations, and they would fail to have, be in charge of the solution. They also have the UN Paris Agreement and all these other climate uh, packs. So they get to come up with the solution, the the problem and the solution. So they have no incentive ever to challenge any of their own claims, let alone allow anyone on the outside to challenge them.
1: You know, Mark, I, I find it you know fascinating that people who try to silence debate, silence their opposition, can't be that confident in their position itself. Right? It's so weak that they can't let anyone speak out and challenge it because they can't defend it, but. I want to ask you, it's, it's fascinating to watch what's happened in the school system. Climate change, global warming has been w- woven into the education, to the curriculum. So even when conservative kids come out um, who made it through the system and are still conservative, they still believe in climate change because they have been fed this propaganda since they've been in kindergarten. And so I, I look at the left. They, they, they have the schools. They've infiltrated there effectively they've shut down scientific opposition or debate about, hey, listen, maybe there's a different way to look at the science and the data that's coming out or to to interpret the data that we're seeing, whether it's on the glaciers or with global temperatures or with tornadoes and hurricanes. Um, But now they've gone to another point where they are going, listen, we want to make sure that if you search online on Google, you can only get our left wing nutty global warming perspective. You can't get the flip side of this. And I guess my question for you was: What is the purpose behind this? Why are they Why are they so intent on selling us all on climate change? There has to be a reason behind it. What is it?
3: Great question. Yeah, if you go back again to this whole purpose, what happened was before you had before the 1970s, you didn't have all these and regular big scientific conferences uh, where all these scientists got together, and you certainly didn't have all the federal funding to that extent, although we were warned about federal funding of scientists. But what's happened is a massive scientific groupthink, particularly since the UN started this before 1988, you could go back and I, and we've done this back to the 19th century. There were cycles where scientists were believing in cooling and warming cycles uh, and even up into the late 70s, they were warning of man-made, you know, global cooling. There were before fossil fuels caused global warming, fossil fuels caused global warming. You had CIA reports about it. President Nixon was written, a letter was written by academic professors warning him about the next ice age, warming. right? We had an ice
1: age on the horizon in the 70s. Yes, right? and that captured <laughs>
3: attention. So, but what happened was they, they had all these other scares. And one of the things I wrote about in my previous book, Green Fraud is that no matter what environmental scare, you can go back to the overpopulation scare with Paul Ehrlich, which is a total Totally fell flat on its face because every estimate now is the population is going to top out and start declining. And if current trends were to continue, there's going to be a massive underpopulation problem. And that, you notice, has just mostly faded away. The only people I know who still adhere to that are people like Michael Moore and and a few, but even many environmentalists admit overpopulation. But that had the same solution. Sovereignty limiting treaties, attack on capitalism, free markets uh, and restrictions on your movement and, and and particularly American way of life. Same is true of man-made global cooling, same exact solution. So what you find is regardless of the environmental crisis, whatever they're claiming, going back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, it was always the same solution, which tells you that they wanted to use the environmental scares as a way to advance progressivism. So that's the answer to your question, Sean. It's not really about what it's about they're using right now climate and climate's been front and center certainly since al gore's 2006 film because if you go back to the 90s it was not front and center they were worried about you had stings rainforest concerts i actually went to those to cover as a journalist donald trump would show up howard stern these were big in the 90s they were saving the rainforest So you don't hear about that much you know why you don't hear about saving the rainforest because even the new york times now admits for every acre of rainforest cut 50 are being regenerated. They do what they call sustainable forestry. You can't tell a forest apart from one that was logged within seven years. Plant, and animal, species recovered. They know how to forest them in strips instead of clear cutting. And also the, the indigenous people who've lived in the in these wet rainforests have moved to cities and, and suburban areas. So they're leaving the forest, cutting back on slash and burn agriculture. Every environmental scare is used to advance this so that's why they don't want dissent because they and, and we've had top un officials actually say we will redistribute wealth through climate policy it's not about climate even aoc's architects the green new deal have said the exact same thing yes
2: yeah they, they her one of her her people also accidentally said the truth and said yeah climate change isn't really about climate change you know it's really about yeah. getting rid of capitalism and advancing as you said these progressive ideas you know it's just interesting you know i still remember being young and you know sting was the guy that was like sort of spearheading all the environmental action with the rainforest but then when it turns out that they're wrong they don't come back out and say hey listen we were wrong about this and this is the new way of thinking about it it just sort of lingers and right now we have the europeans chopping down their forests because of climate policies yes (laughs) um and they can't heat their homes. So um, interesting there as well. So let's let's talk about, you said to Sean, this is really about control. This is really about upending the American way of life. You know, a lot of people would have thought, Mark, prior to COVID, that, that you were a conspiracy theorist. But I think all of us saw that, you know, so much of what happened around COVID had nothing to do with COVID, um, that COVID was survivable for you 99 know, percent of people. And yet they were, I believe, trying to use it as a way to lay the groundwork um, th- f- for lockdowns and ultimately for a digital passport, you know, sort of a Chinese style way of controlling people sort of a neo-communist um capitalism if you will do you think i'm on the right path with that that this that you know maybe we could have a i mean if they say the climate's such an emergency that they could do another lockdown just like they did with covid but now the reason is is the environment
3: yes in fact that's in my book the great reset i have two chapters on the covid climate connection but here's what happened i mean the the day that President Trump signed that emergency declaration and I, you can actually I have now the screenshot frozen shot of Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks gleefully smiling at each other. They had just duped the president of the United States into doing two weeks to flatten the curve and to, uh, you know, 15 days to slow the spread, knowing it was a lie, knowing it was never going to be 15 days from that moment on. And we had these emergency executive powers of COVID and it extended it to every mayor and governor. Uh, th- this is what happened, Rachel. We went from a society which had fought wars for freedoms and we had constitutions, we had Declaration of Independence. It was in, in, in deeply inbred in, in our culture. We gave all that up literally overnight. We gave up the ability to have weddings, funerals, backyard barbecues, go to school, Um uh, we go had, to church <laughs> go to church churches closed gyms closed but hey walmart was open for some reason i never understood that and abortion clinics of course were open and of course and strip all clubs. The, yeah strip clubs all the big retail trains liquor stores they were considered essential nothing else was but these were made these decisions were made without consent of congress parliament city hall boards of supervisors And this is what happened. So if people ask me, what's the Great Reset? Here's my simple answer. It's the Chinification of America. It's Chinese one-party style authoritarian rule in the once free West. And that is why that changed not only the climate debate, but pretty much every other debate that we've had. And if you look at it now, Right now, what they want to do is, first of all, we're still living under the COVID emergency. I don't know if you're aware of that. Joe Biden has extended it into next year. So everyone still has these powers if they want to use them. Now, certain legislators like Pennsylvania has taken back the emergency powers from their governor. But essentially, I go up in the book and I show that from Tom Friedman on the pages in New York Times, the U.N. climate chiefs, to Justin Trudeau, And many others praising China's one party rule as doing the necessary things without the messiness of democracy. They can impose critically important things. Justin Trudeau said he had great admiration for China's basic dictatorship. Well, fast forward, COVID literally gave every politician in the world Chinese style one party rule. In other words, every decision we hated lockdowns, school closures, mass mandates, church closures. Not a single legislator or any representative body voted on. They were all imposed by edict. And they love this so much that Joe Biden, according to the Associated Press, is now set to declare a national climate emergency, which will give him 130 new executive powers, usually observed, usually reserved for wartime. But they're considering the climate a wartime battle. And this will extend to mayors, governors. And we are looking, you mentioned climate lockdown, Rachel, we're looking at things like. You know, odd, even car days in cities banning cars, more thermostat type controls that we just saw recently in Colorado, more blackouts. Uh, In fact, the Washington Post just today called for a global tax on airlines, which will require a global database to track passports, because if you fly too much, you're going to start paying more. And the idea is to get people to fly less. This is all part of the Great Reset because no one voted for any of this. It's just happening to us.
2: We'll have more of this conversation
0: That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: And I think the left is smart or the Marxists, the communists are smart in that they know that Americans um, and a lot of people who have freedom, that have tasted freedom, they won't willfully give it up to an elite body to rule over them. And so the way you get around people's resistance to giving up freedom is to claim there's an emergency, and, and this is what I don't understand with the, the human nature or, or, the, or, or, or the American spirit, where at least with COVID, you could say, okay, well, I see people getting sick. I see people or know of people who I know that I'm friends with or that my, my, they're, they're members of my family, that they've died or they've been hospitalized. I've seen it with my own eyes. I get how serious COVID is, and I'm going to look to the experts on how we stop people from dying. Now I, I, I'm with I'm with you, Mark. I disagree with what they've done and the freedom that they've taken, and that we let them take it. But that's one thing. Yes. But now they're able to say, "I'm going to I'm going to convince you there's a crisis in climate to give you that give me that same kind of power in my elite class when I can't see it, I don't notice it. They claim there's a crisis, but when you look around, you go, well. My goodness, there's. I mean, I look at uh, hurricanes. We were supposed to have a whole bunch of hurricanes that hit, yeah. you know, in the Gulf Coast and, and Florida, and and uh, because the sea la, sea sea was warming, and those things haven't come to pass, and so that they've actually convinced a whole massive group of people that the climate is under threat. There is, that there is an emergency, but with. With anyone's own eye, they, they can't see it. They can't feel it. They can't notice it. But they're still willing to give up their freedom to the Bill Gateses of the world who want to control our economy and our future and our way of life and what we eat and what we drive and how we travel and how we live. It, that, for me, is the is the is the leap that I don't understand.
3: Well, OK, that's a great question. Here's what they're doing. Here's what they're doing on climate. You have people like Michael Mann, who was a lead U.N. scientist, used to be with Penn State now University of Pennsylvania, they come out with these things, like if you wanna see how climate's doing, look out your bedroom window, look out your dining room window. Al Gore has said every night in the news is like a, is like a, is like a hike through the book of revelations. In other words, it's just you know, there's all kinds of calamity. They have weaponized the weather. So like you mentioned the hurricane season, they were predicting a very active hurricane. We basically had one major hurricane and that hurricane was, if you look at Florida's history, yeah, you know, Florida had much many more bad category four and five hurricanes before 1950 than anything after. If anything, when carbon dioxide was lower, hur- the hurricanes were less bad. And that goes for hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, droughts, wildfires. On every metric, extreme weather is either no trend or declining. And this is admitted by the United Nations. This is done in peer-reviewed studies. But the media and the climate activists distort this and some of the willing scientists distort it so much that their message is every bad weather event is caused by climate and we are we are responsible it is literally akin to that medieval witchcraft mentality or Salem Massachusetts where if you have a crop failure failure bad weather uh you could say the witches caused this bad weather in this case they're saying our home thermostats caused it or our SUVs or our modern way of life and so they are literally pushing that hard now they, they failed convincing adults to be scared so they've gone after kids and they indoctrinate yeah. them from yeah from kindergarten through college and if you listen to their chief spokesman greta thunberg her famous line is i want you to panic why does she want us to panic? Because when we're panicking, we're not thinking rationally, we're not coming up with reasoned solutions, we're not evaluating claims. We're just going along in sort of an emergency crisis state, which is what they want.
2: Yeah, and you know, th- these kids will then get an assignment, you know, to do some, you know, write something on climate change or whatever. And they go on Google and now we know, I mean, they're not even getting access to two sides of the story. Um, you're right. They're absolutely panicking. We hear about these young girls all the time saying that, you know, from whether it's AOC or Meghan Markle, that, you know, somehow it's immoral to have children because of their carbon footprint. Yeah. And, they're, you know, it, it's just it's, it's such a um, and of course it goes right into the, you know, antinatalist, you know, population stuff that you started talking to us about. So first of all, Mark, I think that your work is so essential um, to understanding what's happening because so many of us, you know, we're trying to live our lives, we're trying to make sense of what our politicians and leaders are doing. And you really bring it down to the great reason, which is why I think people really need to read your book. But now let's move from you know, this overarching plan to control our lives and China and China-fy us, um, which I love that phrase that you used because I do believe that's what it is. But let's talk about the cruelty of these policies, because not only are green policies and and, and because we've we've basically shut down American energy and constricted um, American um, production of oil and gas um, and 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 all kinds of things that are happening from the Ukraine war, which has a, a a green policy component to it as well. Um, We're we're making Americans poor. We're actually causing famines in in the third world with climate policy. You saw what happened in Sri Lanka. This is the part that confuses me because there's something about, say, somebody like AOC, who I believe is very misguided, very ignorant, but I think sincerely, on some level, sincerely wants to be a compassionate person. How can she not see that her green policies are making people hungry, are making it harder for families, you know, to put gas in their car and go to work, are making it harder for old people to heat their homes because they're on fixed incomes? Talk to me about the cruelty
3: of these green policies. Well, first of all, it's kind of the same way people cannot see a free market. They'll compare free markets to their reality. And any reality is gonna have warts and all and shortcomings. But when you argue about socialism, which is essentially what the Green New Deal is trying to impose, they don't argue about socialism's results, they argue about socialism's utopia. So I think to answer your question directly, AOC can probably sleep very well at night with what she's advocating because she's looking at any particular failure of capitalism. You could look at, you know, they they probably blame failure of capitalism on the homeless in San Francisco, even though that's directly related to government policy. But they don't ever evaluate, in fact, if you ask them about socialism, where has it worked, they'll say, well, that wasn't done correctly. You can't count there, you can't count Venezuela, you can't count Cuba, you can't count, it wasn't done correctly. By the way, they're also redefining lockdowns. People are saying, including Trump Surgeon General Jerome Adams and Jebba Burks, oh, we were never really locked down. They're trying to redefine that, but. Yeah, sure. so but, but was- what
2: about Wait, Mark, but what about even little African children um, you know, working like little slaves trying to get cobalt for their for their lithium batteries. That's
3: incredible. If they applied the same standards that they do, you know, under this environment, social governance, the idea is, well, how many your all your employees? Do you recognize pronouns? Uh, are you doing transgender surgeries? Are you covering that? If they had that same mentality with how does where does green energy come from? OK, it comes from China, which has human rights violations with Uyghurs. It's got coming from electric car, cobalt battery uh, exploration in, in the Congo with kids as young as nine years old, according to international human rights groups. China would never pass muster. This this is not the moral choice to 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 buy, to make ourselves to destroy American domestic energy, to make ourselves more reliant on China, OPEC. Venezuela, everything that Joe Biden we've we've seen, uh, but this is what you you mentioned uh, AOC and the whole uh, what we oh what what the cruelty of it. But here's the biggest cruelty. You mentioned food in the developing world. What what's happened since this March of 2020? It's a it's very simple. They are now actively working forces of the you know this is the United Nations, the World Economic Forum of Davos, even the World Health Organization, and the whole net zero climate goal. They're collapsing our food our energy, our transportation, and as we open the show, our free speech rights. They've done all of this without a vote. And it's um, essentially, this is their plan. And the idea is every consequential decision, whether it's banning gas powered cars, which California did, and then a a bureaucratic board endorsed, they did it through an executive order. And then you have 17 states following. The Biden administration wants to get involved. The World Bank wants to end funding for production of gas powered cars. Uh, Big corporate banks now want to stop car loans for it. At what point did anyone ever have a vote? There was no referendum. There was no legislation. These were decided behind the scenes essentially through corporate world through government bureaucracy that's their vision and that's the cruelty of this is they're creating massive food shortages in Africa particularly they're creating Massive food shortages in Europe as they shut down Netherlands farms. The number one meat exporter in Europe, by the way, is where they're going to close almost 12,000 family run small farms. And guess who's going to end up replacing it? Probably China, Bill Gates, equity asset firms. The cruelty of this is they want to crush the middle class, crush small business, and everything's going to go corporate retail because they're easy to control every corporate board quakes with woke activists and will go do their bidding and they know small mom and pops won't
1: you know i think it's interesting mark you're talking about food and and i just if i'm to to make a broad assumption here that if you're a climate activist you're probably a democrat if you're a climate skeptic, you're probably a Republican. I think that's probably yes. a fair statement.
3: You and, look at the poll and bears that out. Right? Yeah.
1: So and to my point. So, uh, again, you're you're a climate alarmist and you're a Democrat. But if you're a Democrat, you're also talking about racism at every chance you can. And you say you see racism around every corner. Yes. But here the climate alarmists want to say we need to change our food supply. And maybe we could see the impact of not eating meat, but eating actually bugs and yes, they're uh, not testing it they're too, well they are trying to test it uh in some some american kids and in some some american diets but they've gone over i think to the to to, to an african country to zimbabwe the i think to
2: zimbabwe, Is it zimbabwe right zimbabwe? they're going to yes, zimbabwe, zimbabwe
1: and feeding kids in school these this bug-based diet um if if i was part of the congressional black caucus in congress i would be losing my mind that you're going to zimbabwe and you're testing Uh, The health of little kids in school, because you probably paid the Zimbabwe government to eat a bug based diet to see how much weight they gain. Are they growing as much as other kids that have come up before them? Testing live um, on live kids in Zimbabwe is absolutely outrageous. And I don't hear anybody on the left calling it racism.
3: No, it's not. In fact, yes. In fact it's so outrageous one of the justifications for choosing zimbabwe for these tests is that well there's culturally they've eaten insects before and if you actually talk to these poor countries and they've done interviews and extensive research yes people in the developing world eat insects but guess what happens when they actually attain more wealth and a level of development they stop eating insects and they openly talk about that. Like, oh yes, I had to eat insects as a kid. No one particularly likes it. It's more of a hunter-gatherer survival mode. But to the, to the Western intellectuals, hey, this is great that these kids are eating it anyway. Reminds me of that Seinfeld where uh Jerry and Elaine they, Elaine, they had one ticket for first class and Jerry said, hey, I know what first class is like. I have to get it. You've never been there. So you should stay in coach. Right. That's what they're basically <laughs> telling these African kids is, you know, you don't you don't you you guys have eaten insects. So we'll just keep we'll do our insect experiments on you. Well, and they're creepy experiments they're doing in Zimbabwe because they're 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 giving them this this weird the uh, insects that have a high incidence of potential parasites that are deadly pathogens for yes. humans. So it's a really risky experiment. It's the Tuskegee experiments, you know, now uh, in modern day, but no one cares because it's for a good cause. We're saving the planet, we're stopping meat eating. This is an experiment. And-
2: and no one cares because it's in Africa, right yeah. so this I mean it is the height of elitism, the height of imperial cultural imperialism, so a bunch of first world you know rich people can feel good about the environment or feed their their desire for world domination <laughs> or whatever this great reset is about they're going to subject a bunch of poor African kids who are being coerced through their government and, and all the, the the aid money. To do this and meanwhile study after study has proven if you give an egg a day to a poor child their brain power their nutrition shoots to the roof we should be giving eggs not insects it's obvious what needs to happen i mean it's common sense it just it's it's so infuriating to me but they're going to start with these african kids and and again sean you're right on on the on the congressional black caucus should be on the forefront of this but frankly Everybody should um be against against the the use of child labor for their for their EV vehicles and batteries and the use of child of of African children for these diets. Experimentation um, is
1: what it is. They're they're experimenting on African you know, it, children. That's what it's it, yes. that's, that's that's flat out what really, this is.
2: They're trying to bring that here. I mean, we're seeing in our public schools meatless. Tuesdays, I don't want to say Fridays, because then that might sound too Catholic, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> these vegan Tuesdays or whatever, vegetarian Tuesdays, they're trying to, there's so many young girls nowadays who are being convinced that somehow eating meat is bad. So there is, isn't there, um, and, and you're seeing this, Mark, a, a real push from the UN, from these environmentalists to get rid of of the idea of eating meat in our diet.
3: Yes. I mean, actually, the World Economic Forum in Davos, the basis which they came up with, the term Great Reset, actually says meat will be a rare and expensive treat. And what they've done, there's two kinds of – there's three disgusting things we need to just mention. First of all, it's the vegetable oil processed Impossible Burger. You can get them at Burger King. These are done with (laughs) like – 25 ingredients, vegetable oils, and even the nutritionist on CNN said these were not healthy. They're no good. And when Bill Gates is pressed on it, he's like, well, you know, they have lower cholesterol, but they're basically a disgusting processed burger with loads of fat and give you horrible gas or indigestion, whatever word you want to use. Yeah. The second thing they're doing is pushing lab-grown meat. The World Economic Forum brags you can print up to several ounces of meat in a 3D printer. What is this you're printing? It's stem cells, Bill Gates. It's now billions of dollars a year research, only been approved in, I believe, Sri Lanka for human consumption they pull stem cells from an adult cow. They get the fetal blood from a uh, unborn cow, and then they literally put it in a lab for months. They add additives, uh, and, and it mm-hmm. dies. And then they let it grow, and it's got a, it has like no immune system, so it's very susceptible to disease and infection. And then they get this, and then they print it out, and it comes out to something resembling a meat. It's a pod. It's not. It's an actual part of the animal, but it looks like something invasion of the body snatchers. It's a blob growing in a lab. Gross cells. This is lab-grown meat. So uh, aside from all that, the other thing they're pushing, and I mean really pushing, World Economic Forum, United Nations, push insect eating nonstop. And it's come out to Stephen Colbert's show. He had Robert Downey Jr. on pushing this insect protein powder. It's now come out to CNN. They're pushing, pushing cockroach milk, But it's incredible. They are literally going to make meat as expensive as possible. They're shutting down animal agriculture. That's the stated goal. Greta Thunberg's key advisor in the UK has said he wants to stop all animal agriculture. Bill Gates has bought up so much farmland. He's the number one single farmland owner in the US, surpassing China. So we don't, at least we don't have monopoly. There's competition, China, Bill Gates. I'm not sure who I want to win that, but Bill Gates. (laughs) Bill Gates wants to end all synthetic, all meat eating in America, Europe, Australia, Canada, and switch us over to his synthetic lab grown meat. This is serious. And if you don't eat that, then they're gonna offer us insects. And they're really pushing that. Nicole Kidman did a whole video for Vanity Fair eating live insects. We're the animal rights activists. They're crunching on live crickets that go in their mouth alive. I thought, you know, even movies that do use insects need a uh, representative there to make sure they're not cruelty, you know, animal cruelty.
1: You know, Mark, I think as as we have this conversation, the, 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 there's, a, there's a greater theme behind, you know, what's, what's behind the green movement and the climate crisis. Um, and it is, it is taking away freedom. It is consolidating power within an elite class yeah. or smarter than all of us are so they can rule us. And the only way you can do that, um, is if you don't have a well-educated, um, yes. free thinking population. And again, I look at our school system and I think that We're turning out little robots. We're not teaching them how to think. We're teaching them what to think. And I think that's been a strategy uh, of the left. And frankly, we haven't even taught them basic civics. We haven't taught them the Constitution. We haven't taught them how our government works. So when things become off kilter in government, they're not there to go, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not supposed to do that. Our system is set up like
3: this. They blow the whistle if you don't, you know, if you don't allow for 53 pronouns or whatever exactly. the number is right now. That's that's what they're trained to do. Exactly. I, know, you, so, but, but, I, but, I but, saw. but me, I saw. but I mean,
2: John, I saw a bumper sticker the other day on a on a car and it said, I'm raising lions, not sheep. But I'm afraid yeah. that we're actually as a culture, um, you know, we're 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 we're, we're we're teaching kids to be sheep. And I think COVID put that on overdrive.
1: But, but, but to that point, teaching kids to be sheep versus lions, information is power. And so I've done this before. I've been like, you know what? I know there's been a lot of statements that have been made about the, clummy, the, the coming uh, climate crisis and all these predictions that were made. And they've been made over the last decade, two decades, three decades. And as I've gone to Google... Right, that's probably my first problem here: to search and go. Where can I find um, the claims that have been made, and then have they come to pass? Because I think that's really important for yes. at least the, the the portion of America that's left that will think through the crazy stuff they tell us and. A thinking person might go, you've made the wrong claims for the last 30 years. Why should I believe you on the claims you're making today? And I don't know the answer to this. Do you have this on your website? And if not, I think you should it could be a great spot where people can go one-stop shopping to get the claims and to get the results of those claims. Were they accurate? Were they right? Were their predictions true? Did they come to pass? Or have they been false? Are they fake? Um, And they scared us, but it didn't actually uh, come true.
3: Yeah. In fact, there's been many of those. If you go to my website, you can look at like Earth Days, failed predictions. If you do a search for that, uh, I usually try to feature this every Earth Day or usually before a big United Nations summit. But essentially, uh, and there's been great groups like Competitive Enterprise Institute and other junk science. Other people have put together exhaustive lists on this. But you're absolutely right. In fact, there's a on social media today, There's a flashback to a debate with Al Gore and Rush Limbaugh on Ted Koppel's Nightline from 1992. And they are literally talking about a 10-year climate tipping point. This was 1992 because Al Gore had issued the first one. And, of course, a few years before that, the U.N. had issued another 10-year climate tipping point. In my book, I go back to 1864 when Abraham Lincoln was president. Uh, to show you that the first is a warning of a tipping point of, quote, climatic excess by an academic unless we mankind changes his ways. So they go back (laughs) centuries, these kind of doomsday predictions. But yes, if you go on Climate Depot, my website, I actually have specific and just do some searches for failed predictions or Earth Day failed predictions. And you'll see all these predictions from the global cooling to population scarcity to resource scarcity. Uh, even people like Paul Ehrlich, who was a respected academic still alive, would go on Johnny Carson. He was on dozens of times in the 1970s, predicting in 1979 and 1980 that oil, we'd run out of oil within 10 years. I mean, just the most basic stuff they got wrong, but they've never been held to account.
2: Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation
3: next. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
2: So do you think that because I, I, I think a lot of stuff from COVID is is, is slowly but surely Coming to light, a lot of the lies, a lot of the way people yes. have been manipulated. We saw yesterday or this past week, the Florida Surgeon General, for example, saying, you know, doing a study that our government should have done, our federal government should have yes. done, showing the myocarditis um, increase in, in young men. And I think people are going to be angry that they were, you know, told to vaccinate their their high school or college age son and and weren't given this information and were lied. There's, I could go on and on about that. Um, you look at the way our economy is right now people are getting so poor they're so and people are upset i mean they're going i don't understand like we're sitting on you know so much you know fossil fuel that our country has been blessed with but we're buying it and it's more dirty from venezuela from you know our our mortal enemies that you know in in in, uh, in other countries and and so i think people because they're being affected In their pocketbook right now by climate policies. Do you think they're making that connection? Do you think that there's an opportunity here to um, have people wake up when it comes to climate change or what the real sort of profit and control, political control motivations are behind it?
3: Yes, I do. In fact, in the book, The Great Reset, I use the analogy of defund the police. It's one of those things that sounded great in response to George Floyd. All the liberals loved it. All the mayors went along with it and they allowed absolute defunding chaos. Within two years of that whole movement, Joe Biden shows up at the State of the Union and says it's time to refund the police, gets a standing ovation from Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris. So politically that's not tenable anymore to advocate now whether they're actually going to refund the police or anything's going to happen i don't know but i'm just saying politically that was a big change so what's happened in the climate is similar you have people like arnold schwarzenegger when he was governor of california passed the climate california climate bill he was hailed as a climate hero he had bashed in all the virtue signaling but in reality During his entire tenure, none of it went into effect. It didn't go into effect until years after he was out of office. So what happens is you have all these politicians, Republicans too, virtue signal on climate. And then years later, the policies hit when they're no longer in office or it doesn't affect them. And that's what's happening now. And we see it happening in Europe. Uh, all this green virtue signaling net zero. And they were, I'm going to ban fracking. I'm going to do it. And then it ends up, they're completely dependent on Russia. Russia cuts them off. And now for the first time in 200 years, since we've had the industrial revolution, Europe fears winter. I mean, this is like pre, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like they're ter- They're they're saying that wood is now more valuable than gold. They're, ha- they're facing fines in places like Austria, Switzerland. People are going to be penalized if they turn their heat on too high. They're facing mass potential death of particularly seniors on fixed income. They can measure this through excess deaths in the winter. So the same thing in California, if you look at it, the highest electricity, highest rates of blackout, the most expensive state but yet they're the most climate friendly in some way. And none of this matters in the grand scheme of things because China, India, and the developing world so dwarf anything we could do that John Kerry on three separate occasions, which I include in the book, has said even if the West completely zeros our CO2 emissions to nothing, it really wouldn't even affect global CO2 levels. And that's how you have to look at the Inflation Reduction Act, Green New Deal, not will it affect the weather as they're claiming Chuck Schumer like well we wouldn't everyone knows that we hurricanes wouldn't be this bad if we if we had done more on climate but they won't even affect global CO2 levels that's the fact and that these are so this is just a giant virtue signal it's a big pork barrel spending is what these are but this is what's happening but it's gutting our energy we went from under Donald Trump's last year America pre-covid was the first time since Harry S. Truman was president in 1952. We had more energy exports than imports, more energy production than consumption. We were not just energy independent. We were energy dominant. We had a strategic petroleum reserve filled. Joe Biden came in executive orders. Every cabinet agency gutted our complete energy system and we're now at a 40 year low and draining on this strategic petroleum reserve on oil. It was supposed to be used for times of crisis, not for midterm elections to keep gas prices down. You
1: know, my, flas- my philosophy on this is that the the energy in the ground, the carbons that will be released when when it's burnt. Uh, it's just being prolonged right now from from Joe Biden and Democrats because when the China when the Chinese take us over, they're going to come and get the oil that we preserve for them under the Biden administration no. and Democrat rule. Yeah. It is coming. They're <laughs> going to get it. They're going to use it, and they're going to be richer for it. And Joe Biden is just you know putting in in the bank for the Chinese when they take us over. Mark, let me ask you this: as we as as we're about to wrap up here, sure. what can we do? Give us some takeaways how, how, if if we're going to fight this fight of of the climate alarmists of the Great Reset. What can we do as the average American to fight back, push back and potentially have a shot at winning?
3: Well, the biggest thing is, you know, first of all, our kids, you have to get them as critical thinking and pushing back. I mean, you know, uh, Rachel was talking about the uh, vaccines to me when they started pushing the covid vaccine, I didn't trust a single person at that point getting it so it was never a serious consideration my 92 year old mother never even got the vaccine i mean so i i mean no one in my family got the vaccine we were so onto so you have to educate yourself first of all but in the book my whole final chapter is called the great reject or the great resist and I detail how the lowest level of politics achieved the greatest results. And the lowest level of politics is literally the school board level. Angry parents being risked, being arrested, fighting the trans agenda, critical race, and the COVID theater of masking got labeled domestic terrorist by the Justice Department, but stayed at it. And I live in Virginia. We literally toppled a Democratic regime. That's entire message was vax mandate, vax mandate. It was Terry McAuliffe toppled that regime. New Jersey almost toppled this. So spooked the Democratic Party nationally that they did focus groups and they literally lifted almost overnight the vax and mask mandates from San Francisco, L.A., New York, Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia and all these liberal northeastern cities because of elections spurred on by angry parents at school board meetings. So that's one of the biggest things. And I have in there Václav Klaus, who grew up under communism. He's the first president of the Czech Republic. He says, you have to resist at every level. He said the same methods that they used in COVID lockdowns were what the communists did in the Soviet Union. They didn't want you to congregate. The idea of social distancing, the idea of not being able to meet up, the idea of isolating at home, that's all the hallmarks of totalitarianism. So next time we have to defy, we need right now reform of emergency powers so that you have strict criteria. They have to be voted on to extend. No longer can people like Justin Trudeau, Gavin Newsom, Joe Biden just keep extending a COVID emergency emergencies indefinitely with legislators don't have a say and we need a uh, massive you know uh, we need republicans to acknowledge and i don't think i hear this yet from the republican leadership they should be running on no end to gas-powered cars no uh, no more lockdowns ever no mask mandates ever no vax mandates ever that should have been their contract with america not the you. You know, boilerplate oh, nonsense Mark, they did.
2: yes a 100- hundred percent on that. And by the way, you're right. Virginia um, did make huge changes. And the reason why they went after them as domestic terrorists is because they knew that, you know, getting parents um, involved at the local level would make a difference. Here's the last question for you. I'm concerned about the science. I'm concerned that there are um, young scientists who will never dare to take on um, the science and the, the false science and green energy and all, all of this stuff because they won't get funding for it because so much of, of, I mean, they'll basically get kicked out of the field. What is the hope for the scientists? Last question.
3: Well, I have a whole chapter devoted to the distortion of science in my book, The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. Not to be confused with Glenn Beck's book at the same title and, and someone else's, but I have a whole chapter devoted to the science and i actually quote a tenured professor who walked away from his job because he said that our whole academic system now is literally what he called is they're training obedient intellectuals and this is how young scientists are being trained not to question the system but it, and i go back to dwight eisenhower who in his 1961 uh farewell address uh, as president i believe it was 61 right that would, yeah 61 january 61 he warned that essentially that we're going to have a end of curiosity by scientists. Instead, they're going to just be seeking federal grants. And unfortunately, that's what happens. So we need massive reform there because if you're a young scientist today and you dissent on climate, you dissent on COVID lockdowns, you dissent on critical race theory or on transgender, whatever it is, your career in academia is going to be over. You're not going to get published. You're not going to get funded. You're going to be ostracized. Uh, this is what's happening in the corporate world, if anyone comes out against it. We had the Levi's executive, Jennifer Say, just recently, uh, you know, literally was forced out of her job at Levi's because she didn't go along. So it's that whole mindset that's infecting corporate world and media has infected the scientific world. And I've dealt with that for years in the climate debate, and it's exactly the same thing in the COVID debate. So, uh, But anyway, I devote a whole chapter. My favorite line on that is economist Thomas Sowell, who says, uh, when they talk about the science, all they're really talking about, they commission scientists to come up with studies to support policies that have already been made. And that's literally what they've done in, in the whole covid debate is they literally order a result and they get scientists to support that result. And it's really been a tragedy of science, both across climate and covid right now. And they're using it to bludgeon opposition.
2: Well, Mark Rano, you are amazing. Um, Again, my favorite guest talking about climate policies whenever we have him on um, Fox & Friends. His site is theclimatedepot.com, a great place for your kids to go to um, when they have to have these, you know, write these papers about climate change for you to get more information so you can educate your own children about the, the conflicting science on it. Um, his book, The Great Reset, um, did I say, uh, it, there's a subtitle to it, give it to me, it's Mark.
3: Global, global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown.
2: Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. I can't think of a more important book um, with better timing than that, Mark. Um, good luck with it um, and and really, Thanks for what you're doing for America. It's such a service um, and, and such a labor of love for you, but such a service to all of us. So thank you for that, Mark.
3: Wow. Well, thank you, Rachel. And thank you, Sean. I appreciate it.
1: Mark Morano, thanks right. for joining us at the kitchen table. We appreciate it. Thank you. If you uh, like our podcast, uh, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we would uh, welcome that. Love it. And uh, by the way, tomorrow we're going to do our solo uh, podcast, Rachel and I, uh, Together Alone um, at our kitchen table. So tune in for that as well. Uh, and tune in for, for
2: that. Us. What a great guest. Uh, thanks for joining us this uh, for this round of The Kitchen Table and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.